this is me chuck mm-hmm. um eating humble pie and this is me saying that i'm taking steps back from what i thought of ronaldo because upon further ins- inspection him going to manchester united very similarly that he goes to real madrid because he's always loved real madrid from when he was a boy mm-hmm. and ultimately when the call came from sir alex um i i believe that happened and when the call and the text came from his former teammates at manchester united it clicked to ronaldo that yes he's a, he's a, he is an ambitious individual but there are more important things i've been here many times before and i've never been defeated and still i will never be defeated it's jay and this is chuck What's up, everyone? This is Jay from the Two Upfront podcast, where we look at the weekend sporting action and other narratives around the sporting arena that may have gone under the radar. Today, I'm doing the greeting. Jay is still recovering from that beating by Man City. What the hell? This is no way. This is no way. I handed over these greeting duties to you. What the <laughs> hell, Chuck? He's not this is not what we today. discussed. This is not what we discussed at all. He is not himself today. I heard it from him himself. Arsenal is not Norwich. Turns out Arsenal is Norwich. Or could be even worse. What's up, guys? It's two up front where we keep it real. And that's why I'm taking it over from my brother because I, looking over to my right, looking over my shoulder on my right, I'm right. You're I'm never right doing this say. ever again. <laughs> <laughs> you are never doing this ever again. Ultimate sympathy, boy. Two up front, boy. Chump is a chuck. A chuck is a chump. See what I mean? This is not Jay. Welcome, welcome, <laughs> welcome to this week's episode where one of the most seismic events in football has happened, Chuck. Yep, and it eclipsed the other one, right? Chuck, like I haven't even asked you the question. You're already running ahead. It eclipsed the other one. We're not even, the topic is not even comparing which was the greater one. But I suppose since you, you want to go there, you can go there when you get your opportunity to speak. Let me ask you the question. The question I want to ask you. Manchester United fan, you're also a big Cristiano Ronaldo fan. He's back at Old Trafford, back in the red of Manchester United. How do you feel? Can you believe this to begin with? Uh, I have um, because it's, it's taken a couple of days to sink in and I've had a couple of days. But at the initial announcement of it, because for the longest time in the transfer window, Ronaldo was not moving anywhere. And then all of a sudden he's asking to be to to be on the bench at the at the beginning of the Juve game. Um, apparently he was not fit, but there are rumors that he wants out. And when they do confirm, because when has Ronaldo never been fit? True, true. <laughs> and when he never finally does want to go out, sorry. he has an approach from Manchester City, and the idea is that Manchester City might sign him. To which you were sending me messages with, "How do I feel about that?" And at the time, my response was, well, Ronaldo. I, I had let go of Ronaldo. I'd given him to Real Madrid. And whatever happened after then, he was no longer a United player for me. And it was all right, basically. Until Ole did an Ole move. Ole at the wheel. Boy turned around and picked him up at the airport and signed him himself. That is amazing. Um, to finally have Ronaldo back. I mean, it's not the Ronaldo who left. It's not the Ronaldo at Real Madrid. We're going to get somewhat the Ronaldo at Juve, which is still a goal-scoring machine. So I'm definitely happy about that. 
I don't know, man. It's I, I don't know what the season will be like, but it'll definitely give us a boost. There'll be some impetus. I mean, the thing is, when we've had Cavani on the field when he was fit, it was great to have someone who was world-class finishing those goals. And as you've said before, Ronaldo is never unfit, never injured. And so if you can have someone of that caliber, week in, week out, who is a boy, boy from, not from Manchester, but of Manchester, who is a Manchester legend, it just makes it amazing. I mean, let me continue about the eclipse. Like, it eclipses the one who went to PSG, um, selling us sub stories. Like, my boy didn't do no press conference. He just hopped on his private jet and did the thing. He didn't cry. He didn't push Mbappe out of no club. He just did the thing. Because <laughs> he doesn't love Juve. Doesn't love Juve. And I think it's actually mad disrespect because I feel like the media response from Juve has not been what it should have been for a player as great as Ronaldo. Sure, I get it. Ronaldo wasn't there for a long period of time, wasn't there for like the nine years that he was at Real Madrid or anything approaching that. But still, this is the man who, if, I, if, if I've got this right, he scored the first and the second most goals by a Juve player um, in, in like either in a season or just in, in, in a Serie A season. And even if that is not the case, he he finished last season top goal scorer in mm-hmm. the league, you know, and he's also the man who gave them some 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 memories with that comeback against Atletico in the Champions League. Ronaldo was signed to win the Champions League, take Juve over the top. That never quite happened. I'm not sure I want to lay the blame on Ronaldo's feet completely. Uh, he's part of the team. It is a team sport at the end of the day. Uh, and I, I and I just think his contributions in Turin deserved a little more from Juventus. But him going to Manchester United, or rather going back to Manchester United, I can't believe it because it's been such a long time. You know, in 2012, Thierry Henry came back to Arsenal, right? Mm. Comes back to Arsenal. It's a fairy tale thing. He was actually in, in, in between... Um, seasons with the MLS so he he wasn't back full time he was just trying to keep fit and he was back at Arsenal and then he comes in in a in a FA Cup game I believe against um, what was it Leeds I think against Leeds and Arsenal struggling in that game struggling to to break down the other team he comes in like 68th minute he scores the goal it's a fairy tale I remember I was watching that like I had tears in my eyes and I was watching it again most recently and had goosebumps it's not that because I mean that was only just five years after um, Thierry Henry had left Arsenal. Cristiano Ronaldo, he left Manchester United and he ended up at Real Madrid and he became even bigger than any I think any of us thought. He's the only man, in my opinion, who's lived up to his world record fee and actually even surpassed it and made it a bargain. And after all this time, he's back at Manchester United. And my first reaction, as I'm saying, was shock, especially when the stories were abounding that he's going to Manchester City. And for me, that was a very Cristiano Ronaldo move to go to Manchester City. And I'll explain why. Because I believe he went to Juve because he he's in a competition with Leo Messi for the title of greatest of all time. And part of that he believes, I believe, is that he believes that if he can accumulate more silverware, more trinkets, more accolades than Leo Messi, then that definitively places him above Leo. And part of that is the individuals with the Ballon d'Ors, which he's trailing Messi at the moment. And part of that also is then the team accolades. 
The team accolades, Messi was in his way in Spain because of La Liga. Barcelona kept winning La Liga. So if he goes to Juventus, who have at that point won, I think, eight Serie A titles in a row, he knows this is guaranteed, getting league titles over there, whereas Messi is still going to be competing with Real Madrid and Atletico back in Spain. And if also Juve, who were a team, um, I would say, along with Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid for a period of about five years, they were up there as the the absolute favorites for the Champions League. But where they lost to a Real Madrid in the final, for example, if in Ronaldo's mind, I believe, if we switch out Ronaldo from Real Madrid and take him to Juventus, Juventus are then over the top. They get over the line and they win the Champions League. And had he managed to do that, he was definitely going to win a Ballon d'Or. That didn't work out. So when the rumors of Manchester City were going around, I thought to myself, that's a very Ronaldo move. He goes to the dominant team in England. He's got the press in England. He's got the spotlight that comes with being in England. And once again, Manchester City, a team who were in the Champions League final and could not quite break down Chelsea. And we know that they were in the market for a goal scorer. He goes there. It's a simple task. He just needs to be the guy who finishes um, the, the chances that they will create under Pep's system. And he's probably maybe the leading goal scorer in the league particularly in the Champions League, because if they win it with him, then you cannot get away from the fact that they won it having added Cristiano Ronaldo, and he gets that much closer to his goals, as I had mentioned. But then he goes to Manchester United, and all of what I thought about him goes out the window. That's good, Chip, because I'm listening to this and I'm like, how's it, how, why is it a Ronaldo thing to do to, to move from one team to the other because of their dominance or their ability to win titles? Is it not more true than that that those teams are Ronaldo caliber because it's not like Messi went to uh, Lille or, or Rennes. He went to PSG. In a farmer's league where if, if Lille win the league, it's really a blip in their season, not even uh, something to, to write home about because sooner, sooner rather than later, PSG will be back on top. Isn't Messi then also thinking about how's the best way that I can get the, get the Champions League because Barca aren't quite doing it for me and I gave them my all. Isn't that also a Ronaldo thing that's done by Messi? If you're asking me that question, the answer to that directly is I feel that mm -hmm. the Messi to PSG is different because at that point in time where Messi ended up at PSG, he wasn't trying to get out of Barcelona. With Barcelona, who are a team who they were never going to come close to anything resembling a Champions League favorite or one of the actual contenders. And he was willing to stay with that team and he was going to stay there and he was going to play there regardless of the fact that I'm, and I'm pretty certain he, I'm pretty certain he knew because he's been outspoken about this before mm. that he doesn't know what the project is at Barcelona and they are not getting in the players that are going to win the UCL. And yet he was willing to stay there. And I don't want to even sound like, uh, like Messi is some martyr or he's, he's some saint who, he has better intentions um, out and out. This is just my view of, of, of Cristiano Ronaldo. Just in this moment, and I need to clarify that just in this moment, because when Ronaldo joined Real Madrid, he wasn't going to the dominant force in Spain. He wasn't actually even going to a team who in the last decade, I'd say, were anywhere close to one of the absolute best in Europe. That was him fulfilling his childhood dream. And this is this is me, Chuck. Mm -hmm. Um eating humble pie and this is me 
saying that I'm taking steps back from what I thought of Ronaldo because upon further ins- inspection, him going to Manchester United, very similarly that he goes to Real Madrid because he's always loved Real Madrid from when he was a boy. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, when the call came from Sir Alex, um, I, I believe that happened, and when the call and the text came from his former teammates at Manchester United, it clicked to Ronaldo that, yes, he's a, he's a, he is an ambitious individual but there are more important things than just the bottom line and i believe this is what came into play here where ultimately he goes to the lesser of the two teams in manchester but because he's got a history there because his heart is there the two teams? because in terms of success at the moment in terms of where they are not in terms of their global appeal or the size of the teams we know manchester united for me are the biggest club in the world probably biggest sports brand in the world even but they're the lesser of the two manchester sides at this moment in time in terms of what they're producing on the field okay. and that's where he chose to go although although if he wins stuff with manchester i can see in the back of his mind he can see those headlines and they will be war- warranted because if he leads manchester united back from the wilderness my goodness call this man moses yeah but i mean look i Fine, I agree with what you're saying now. I didn't agree at all with your prior um, analysis of the situation. You did say you have it, you had a change of heart. Um, but I mean, Nakona, it's Ronaldo moving in transfer window. And likewise, like they did with Messi, it will garner attention and there will be news, thoughts and opinions. It's not like Hakimi joining P- um, PSG. We don't really say anything about that. So it's warranted that we have thoughts and we have ideas about that. Chuck, actually, yeah? mm-hmm. why for you? Why did he go to Manchester? Like, is this is this a good move for him? Bear in mind, Ronaldo turns thirty seven in six months, in less than six months actually. Mm. He signed a two year contract. This this is the next two years. Well, obviously because he just keeps getting older, will be the last of his good legs, uh, and he's decided to take that. We've we've seen he's scored sixty league goals in the last two seasons at Juventus. So he can still bang in goals. Why do you think he went to United? And is 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 that where he should be spending the latter days of his career? Considering who he is. Well, considering considering who he is, I think why Manchester specifically, I I I will have to give it a think. But considering who he is, and if he's if he's spending the last years of his career st- still at the top, still at a, at a competitive in a competitive league, in a competitive side, I think that's a good move um, because as you just listed, there's still a decent output from coming coming from Ronaldo. It's not like uh, Sanchez. Like Sanchez is spent. And you know what I mean? It's not like that. I mean, we're not getting Real Madrid Ronaldo. We're not getting Vintage United Ronaldo. We're getting Juve Ronaldo. And there's an acceptance with the level is dropped. He's not all-time great Ronaldo, but he's... I mean, him and Messi still put out those numbers. They're not in their vintage in vintage form, neither are they in their prime, but they're still good enough to get teams over the line. Why he went to Man United, I think it's one of, maybe you can list about five teams, one who can afford his salary. Um, two, maybe there's a bit of that nostalgia. And I, I, I do believe, Uti, when honestly, when you're leaving Juve, there are only a few things, oh, sorry, a few teams that will attract you or you'd want to play for. And I do think maybe if you don't count the two Manchester clubs, I don't know who else you can name because he's not going to play anywhere else in Spain because he's played for Real Madrid. 
um, because I would either give him the option of Barcelona or Atletico, and those are both rivals, so he wouldn't touch that. I don't quite see him going to Germany because Germany doesn't have the glitz, the glam, although he might be better, best placed, and I don't know, would he, would he be able to partner Ole Lewandowski, but best placed to win something in Europe if he joins Bayern. But I mean, then if we shoot out all of those options, chances are it's nostalgia, it's 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 the fame again, and maybe to be in a place where he feels entirely loved. And to go back to the point that you raised like minutes ago about Juve not saying much about his departure, I think, yeah, they are a bit bitter and it did somewhat end in the in, in, in not the best of best of ways. I mean, sort of like what happened with Lukaku leaving Inter, that, hey, we won the league and then now you're off. So it's it's one of those things that they sort of felt shortchanged that we could have got more from you or at least you could have given us a heads up so we can find a, a worthwhile or worthy replacement. But at least with Inter, they're able to bring in Abotseko and stuff like that and still maintain somewhat of a challenge uh, and try to defend their their, their 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 title. So with Ronaldo, I think I think it must be nostalgia, man, and the fact that he he's still... A, let, let's put it this way. He, they, they, he, he, he'll be as big a brand as he can be at United than anywhere else in the world. They're gonna be. I don't think if he goes to Roma that they buy shares like they will when he's a Ronaldo fan. I mean, shares went up by eight percent, a whole eight percent overnight, or rather in a matter of hours. So I mean, the biggest Ronaldo you can get at age thirty-seven is a Ronaldo at United. So uh, commercially, it makes sense. Um, for the heart, it makes sense, and I think for the football as well, because there are no guaranteed prizes, but there's still stuff to be done with Ronaldo in the team. For him, though. Like, do you think Ronaldo is, is setting the thing in himself? I'm going to win stuff with Manchester United. Yeah, I think it's, and, and, and it's a realistic thought, Jay, because if we look at if we look at the trajectory of Man United, they were good enough, but not really qualifying for Europe, started getting into Europe, started missing out at, at semi-final level, got to semi-finals, got to second places in certain tournaments. And you kept thinking, and, and I mean, if also if you listen to Gary Neville when they were asking him that, now that you've got Varane, now that you've got Sancho, are you should you be challenging for the league? And he kept saying we need another piece. And Carragher was on some. You can't keep saying every season that you need another piece. Here's the biggest piece that's available: Cristiano Ronaldo. And if you go if you go by that logic, that should be the piece that takes him over the top. That should be the piece that says, Guti. if you're needing goals, if you need someone who who has that big match temperament, there's the man. There's the guy. He's there available for you. So I think realistically, he can win something. So. I get why Manchester United got him, um, and it was it was quite funny to me um, realizing that United paid a fee for him because United fans have been have been man shouting on the rooftops and the mountaintops that you guys want a DM, you want to do away with the McFred connection, and you mm. want a solid DM. And clearly, there's DM money, um, but DM money was used on Ronaldo, and you know. I think I think I think the the Glazers the Glazers are smart. Um, the Glazers know where they stand with the United fans. They know how United fans feel about them, and every time they are on the precipice of another riot, then they do something to douse those flames. Mm. And when you give the United fans Ronaldo, you give United fans Ronaldo, you can't say anything at least for a while. You know, until until something else happens that says you see exactly what we actually needed or what we still need is a DM, mm-hmm. you know? So I get why the club did it. Um, and, and I think it would have been a PR nightmare, actually, to have Cristiano Ronaldo in Manchester and have them in, 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 in the backyard of the noisy neighbors. 
that would have been disastrous. For Ronaldo himself, I don't know if Ronaldo is now starting to see the end a little more clearly. Because, as I'm saying, it would have made more sense for if someone is trying to stat pad, if I put it that way, or add to his legacy, though there's not much room to add to that legacy, to go to a Manchester City if he's going to England, or as you say, to a Bayern Munich if there was an opportunity to go to Germany, or as reports would have us believe, if the Messi thing never came about, if he stayed at Barcelona, um, Ronaldo's first desire was to end up at PSG. And that would, would that would have been the exact same thing as Messi is going to experience this season. You know they're going to win the league and they're going to win the Cups over in France and have a, maybe as, as best a chance as anyone else on the continent to win the biggest prize on the continent. But he doesn't go to Manchester City ultimately. He returns to what I would then term his beloved Manchester United and I can't help but think one of the things that's going to happen in a couple of things are going to happen in the two years while he's at Manchester United. He's going to score his 800th career goal at Manchester United. He's going to break the world record of international goals while he's a Manchester United player. Mm-hmm. And he is he has a history with Manchester United, which means he is on the list of greatest goal scorers. And he's got the opportunity to move up. And where I hate the fact, by the way, that he's at back at Manchester United because up to this point, mainly the big thing that Thierry Henry has over Cristiano Ronaldo as why he's, for me, definitively the greatest EPL player of all time is because he's spent more time mm. in the EPL. If this guy comes in and he's scoring 30 goals a season, like, so to speak, now there's a debate. Now there's an actual debate. And I think... That that he knows where he's, he's he knows where his place is at with with Real Madrid. He's the greatest player Real Madrid have ever had. He's, he's getting a statue there. At United, it's it's borderline. He's one of four players in United history to have a Ballon d'Or while playing for Manchester United. The only one who got a Ballon d'Or while playing in the EPL, as it's known today. And you go back to United, it's on 118 goals. Let's say he pushes that up above the 150 that Ruud van Nistelrooy has. And now, and, and if he brings a title to United after the first one since Sir Alex left, then maybe he gets a statue there, mm. you know? And that's his legacy cemented even more. As I'm saying, hypothetically, if he gets a statue at Manchester United and at Real Madrid, there's nothing you can say against the man. There's nothing you can say right now to be to be certain. But at that point, I mean, actually, and I and I'm, I'm thinking that's there. what he's thinking that I just I just want to give this back to the United fans because this is where it started really. So Jay, when you say he's the he's seeing things more clearer in terms of the end is near. What did you think it would have looked like if he had stayed in a Juve shirt? It would have been what stat padding. I think if he stays in a Juve shirt, it's it more, more of the same. More of the same. Yeah, it's more of the same. There's even it, wh- whether he scores thirty goals, and we've seen Juve struggling. And if he's gonna be in a team that is not not the overwhelming favorites, you might as well do it at Manchester United, who are also actually, as you say, they're on the up and up. Whereas at Juventus and in the Italian game, you're not certain what is mm. going on over there. So. Whereas I'm saying, I thought, like, I'm, I'm pretty certain he saw himself as a difference maker to taking Juve to the UCL title, mm-hmm. seeing that they've come off that level quite a bit. 
and that is no longer on the table, what 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 else is there? Because he's not going to become Juve's greatest um, goal scorer of all time. There's not enough time for him to do that. So what what is there? Um, he he doesn't need as much as you you might want to accuse him of running when 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 things got tough. But he doesn't actually need to stay at Juventus and fight for Juventus. He's not a Juventus boy. Mm. Uh, if if anything, he's a Real Madrid and, and, and a Manchester United boy. You know, if there's a place to go and fight for something, it's at Manchester United. Um, you can go help Manchester United. Juventus, you gave them, you, you really did give them um, all you had at this stage in your career. And yeah, it didn't quite work out. So I'm thinking this, and before I even give you my thoughts, quick question. Um... What do you think ultimately Ronaldo adds to United? Do you think they win something? Because I haven't heard you actually answer that. Do you think they win something? I told you. you I told you. I have United as EPL champions. So now I'm doubling down on having them as EPL champions. Ah. You know what? As uncertain, still am. But I'm like, I don't want to get off the train just yet. Mm. Um, I I know I'm being foolish trusting Oli at the wheel with this United team because it's just vibes over there. He really is depending on the talent. But and that and that is my concern. That's where that's what I want to actually say. That it could be just like Ronaldo playing for Portugal. Yeah, he's just scoring goals, but no one really is there to help him or give it, or give the team that extra push when he's not performing. So that's that's the thing because Jay, when you look at the game against Wolves, if not for De Gea, because Dave Dave was back to being Super Dave, where he's saving anything and everything. If not f- for that one goal by Mason Mason Greenwood. We don't win that game. We're not good enough on the day. And so you wonder, how often are we going to turn in those kinds of performances? Because yes, we're unbeaten in 28 games and it's a league record, but it's a draw. We don't need a draw right now. Ultimately, so. what I feel he gives to Manchester United is a leg up for where they're going hmm. into the future. Because United have invested heavily in young, brilliant players. That's in the transfer market in the form of a, a Sancho Bruno Fernandes is, is is not that old himself, um, and then also within the academy in terms of the Rashfords and 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 Greenwood, and I on the matter of Greenwood, for example, I I believe ultimately the reason that Oli hasn't signed a, a a striker in his prime like a Hurricane or we haven't really heard anything about Haaland, so I really think the comments that um, Oli makes about Greenwood being the best finisher he's ever seen. True, I really believe he believes in the boy. And he is still quite young, but here he is. Three three goals in three games, you mm. know, to start the season. And he finished last season quite well as well. So you bring in Ronaldo, and you've heard me say this about um, Marcus Rashford. I believe Marcus Rashford has Ronaldo tools. And mm. it's ironic that Ronaldo is now here. And I think the man who is best um, situated to actually show him how to bring those all together and to to form a formidable player from the tools that you have is the man himself who I have said that he looks, he resembles of all the players playing now. He's the one who to me looks like a raw Ronaldo. Don't believe he ever becomes Ronaldo because I don't think anyone ever becomes Ronaldo. But even if he becomes 70% of the Portuguese, that's, that's, that's quite a player that United have on their hands. So we know as ever has says, like you went to that man's house, you were not, you're not eating like whatever you're eating rice and and boiled chicken because he's he he takes the profession very seriously yeah. he he is as professional as professional gets so to have a guy who those young players would look to as an idol being in 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 the same room seeing his routines seeing how he trains 
seeing how he approaches nutrition, seeing just how he looks after himself and why he's had such longevity in the game. I can't help but think that that, that bodes well for these young players. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... I think maybe that's why I'm I'm talking about him seeing seeing the far like the 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 forest from the trees the trees from the forest, is him thinking that he has an opportunity to give back to Manchester United because United did give him a lot you know mm-hmm. and the one player I am concerned about is Bruno though because I've seen Bruno playing with Ronaldo at Portugal and if that is what United are gonna get that is not a good outcome. Oh, if we're winning anyway, then it's fine. Well, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, winning yeah. solves everything. That's the b- the bottom yeah. line is winning solves solves everything. But I I think as well with with Oli, what what this Ronaldo signing does for him, it it helps him keep the McFred because if you've got the firepower ah, up front, yes. then you can just block and trust those players to do the job. So, but I mean, that also is dependent on the fact that Bruno produces. If you've got a limited number of players who who you can put up in terms of attack. Then they also then, then then they all need to be firing at all cylinders. Otherwise, then you're a man short. I think United <clears throat> really well. The 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 transfer window is closing soon, but I honestly feel like they should have just packaged packaged some players if that's what what is needed, and go get a proper DM and do away with the two pivots. Now that you have Ronaldo, just let them lose. Let yeah. them lose. Play with a midfield three of Bruno Pogba and whoever that like very secure dm is and then play with the front three where just go put put teams away this is manchester united uh as 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 sir alex reminded us like go play with that risk and see where that takes you uh speaking of risk uh a certain mbappe took his shot and said to psg that I actually wanted to leave turns out he hasn't left and he stayed at psg Jay, what do you think goes on in the minds of players who announce that they want to leave and they don't get the chance to leave, actually? Because Harry Kane had to put out a message that, thank you for the love and the warmth from the fans, I will stay this season and I'll keep it 100%. Number one, does Mbappé need to send a similar kind of message? Uh, number two, do you think there's something going on in the change room? Because Mbappé and Neymar are best friends. But here comes Messi, who is even a better friend of Neymar, do you think Mbappe feels like the third wheel? And maybe that's why he's like, well, if ever I was going to leave and go to Real Madrid, now is the time. So first of all, these players are finding out very quickly that football is a business. Mm. And the guys who sit in the boardrooms, they're not their friends. They're not the comrades. They, are, they do not have their best interest at heart. They only have the interest of the team, of the club, of the organization, which they are running, which they are representing. And it is worth our while to keep Mbappe from PSG's point of view. PSG did not bring in Messi so that he can be a replacement for Mbappe. Mm. They saw, um, as we pointed out, that they did not quite have enough firepower in that semifinal against Manchester City. And they brought in, arguably, the greatest player of all time to pair him with Mbappe and Neymar. Mm-hmm. So... The story that that, that, that that we've heard is that PSG did make a promise to Mbappe that if a team comes in with the 180 million that we paid for you, we will release you gladly. Real Madrid came in initially with 135, 137 million, mm-hmm. and then they upped the ante to 170 million with 10 million add-ons, which does then equate to that 180 million. And still, PSG refused, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And just as a sidetrack, Chuck, 
you see, this is the problem with with teams who are owned by countries, because <laughs> a, t- a, a a club comes in and offers you 180 million from for a player who's only got a year left on his contract, who is going to leave for free. He's made it clear that he wants to leave. And in January, Real Madrid are going to come in and they're going to be allowed to talk to the player without actually um, tapping him. And money anymore. Yeah. And they're not offering any money at this point. They're going to send him to a pre-contract yeah. and then he's going to move for free in the summer. And they were coming in with, a, with that 180 million. But this club is like, nah, we're good. Why are they good? Because they've got, they've got a country, a country's <laughs> economy backing them. Anyway, so from, from Mbappe's point of view, I really do believe... Mbappe doesn't want to be a third wheel. I honestly believe one he loves Real Madrid is, is really in effect. He uh, feels like a third wheel. I genuinely think so, Chuck. Um, I and I mean, you know what's also funny, and I don't know what, the, what how the timing of this happens as well. We know Neymar's always injured, but when Messi's not ready to start, so is Neymar. They're all watching from the stands while Mbappe's putting in the shift. Yeah. And Mbappe's always been giving games for PSG. <laughs> Facts. Uh, I think maybe not because Pedri's got on holiday, but Pedri in this past season had played more games than Neymar has for his entire PSG career because the boy keeps getting injured or going to his sister's birthday. So it's one of those signs, Jay, which while I'm putting in the craft, you're there in the stands with Messi, just chilling. You are out, you it ran into each like other on holiday, deal. have had a good time and spoke about putting together the super team. And it's great. And I have to tell you, I have mad respect for Mbappe. Mbappe is looking at... He's part of a super team, Chuck, and they have a clear path to the Champions League. He wants to win the Champions League. Neymar wants to win the Champions League, obviously. Messi has stated that he's, his big goal in club football is to win the Champions League. And they are right there. They've put the pieces together with all those other free, free agent signings. And Mbappe looks around, sees Messi in the same building as him, and he, this boy is not moved, Chuck. Mm. He's not moved. Like he sees the Argentine number ten, and he doesn't have he doesn't have this thing where you saw in the game um, that they played over the weekend, the where <laughs> they taking pictures. Yeah. When 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 Barcelona won um, the, the 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 cup in in Spain, some of the younger Barcelona players, his teammates, were taking pictures with Messi with the cup, not because he's their teammate, because it's Leo Messi, and they are starstruck and they like Gugu Gaga like stars in their eyes. Mbappe looks at him and is like nah. Like, okay, cool. I know who you are. Mad respect to you, but I'm at that level as well. Like, the I want to go do my own thing at my, at, at my team. And I do think that's the thing that's as the well. Power of Benzema. Since Benzema has come back into the, into the uh, national side, I can't a lot of things room. have happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things have happened. Um, but yeah, Jay, I, I don't know. I, I think if I was Mbappe, I'd stay for this one season and not even announce. Maybe yeah, you, it would happen and it would boil and simmer and bubble in the background. Would say I'm letting my contract run run, run out. Um, but as you as you've said, this is the best chance to get a Champions League uh, title. Go and if you do get one, then you can freely go because you've given the team what they've been looking for all along, and then now you can pursue your own thing. I mean, it's like what what, what we heard of oh, oh, Ronaldo and Real Madrid. Remember when the rumors started and it was like, I'll give United one more season, then yeah. I'm off. So, I mean, with the super team being built, maybe you want to do that. But like you said, if the boy has got the cajones and he wants to go graft himself and make a name for himself elsewhere, good on him. He really seems like his own man, hey? Because uh, l- like what you were saying, for me, it makes so much sense. Like, dude, you've got Leo Messi. It's Leo Messi. 
right? Mm-hmm. And he's signed on for two years. So you know for a fact this season at least you're going to be with him. Because the thing that PSG would understand, and I'm sure Mbappe should think that PSG know this, that if Messi is there for two years, I don't think Messi is going to extend before beyond the two years, by the way. I think he's going to pull a Ronaldo and he's going to do a homecoming at Barcelona after two years, especially if Barcelona <laughs> sort out their finances. You think so? I really think so, Chuck. I, 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 don't, I don't, especially if they win a Champions League, mm. he's fulfilled the reason that he's there. They, there's nothing there's nothing to be gained playing in France. There's absolutely <laughs> nothing to be gained playing in Ligue 1. So if he wins the Champions League, like he's done the thing that he came there for and where he really wants to be is impossible because his children want to be there. His family wants to be there. And he is a family man, you know. And his home is in... I mean, he calls his children like Catalonian Argentines. So his home is there. Yeah, so if not Argentina, probably back so to Spain. So they yeah. can't even convince Mbappe with the fact that you're going to get to play with Messi and Neymar for the next however many. Because if they offer him an extension, they're not going to offer him an extension of a year just so that he plays another year with Messi. They're going to try like sign him... In like onto a four-year contract or, or something like that, and he's not going to extend for that long mm. because he's made it clear that he doesn't want to do that, right? So for me, it would it made sense that okay, Mbappe just play the last year, win a Champions League, and then you get you get to choose for yourself. Like PSG can't even tell you what to do at that point. You get to walk into Real Madrid, particularly because the Real Madrid team that he is fighting so hard <laughs> to go and join. <laughs> It's not at a place where they're like Mbappe away Mm, from mm. everything, all their dreams coming true. And that's why I say I have mad respect for him because he just wants to go there. Like he wants, it's, 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 he wants to leave what is like cushy. Um, I know I made a, like a biblical (laughs) reference last week. I think I'll make another one against like, he's like Moses who didn't care much for the riches of (laughs) Egypt and chose to suffer the people of God. And that's, that's, that's where, that's where Mbappe is in his mindset. Like, I just want to go to Real Madrid because I've always wanted to go to Real Madrid. Also, his hero played at Real Madrid. And I also kind of feel like, you know my goat. Like, my goat has <laughs> gone back to Manchester United and he's left the hole for me at, at That at, means at in Real a few Madrid. times we might get, in a few years' time, we might get Mbappe. Yeah, well, what United looks because like the other thing, but, yeah. right, one of the, uh, the, the last reason, the last thing I'll say is that the reason he, I, I feel that he should have given Real Madrid another year, see what Real Madrid become in this year. Actually, give yeah. give Vinicius the season. He started well. Give him the season to see what he becomes. Um, if 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 Rodriguez comes back in in into into in, into the team as well, like from the other wing, what becomes of him? Uh, is Benzema still Benzema? Uh, has he has he maybe gone over the hill? Doesn't look like it mm. because he really wants to go to play with Benzema as well. And what is happening at the back? You know, because you're going to join Real Madrid and everything else is still not quite put together. And then you're frustrated for the next two, three years of, of your life in football. And now you're in the same position. But now, because you've been put in that position because there's no success there, you know. And maybe you want to consider your options. But mm. he doesn't seem like he does. He seems hell-bent on Actually, playing for Real Madrid. When you, when you highlight that, it's an interesting point because we don't know what Hazard can give to the team. And you listed all the other players and all the other positions. And then there's also COVID and the lack of cash in, in, in basically everywhere in Europe. And if you go to Real Madrid and it doesn't work, you're basically stuck there because no one's, no one's going to be able to afford you, nor your wages. Except for PSG. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it is a gamble. And wow, I mean, basically you can only go to England at this point where you'd be guaranteed in terms of freedom to move either way. But 
for the rest of Europe, maybe they need like a season or two before everyone recovers. They get back, mm, they yeah, get back so to it, it is a gamble. And I love maybe it. Something though, we don't know. As I'm saying, like I love it because, yeah, it seems for Mbappe, very much like what I just said about Ronaldo, there are more important things than the bottom line because he stands a better chance of winning the biggest prize with PSG and the team that PSG have assembled this season versus with Real Madrid. But he just wants to go to Real Madrid because that's where he has identified his joy in the game lies. I'm going to put my head on the block. Far too premature, far too early. When the season ends, I don't see him in a Los Blancos shirt. I think when when January comes and they're trying to talk him up, Real Madrid will probably be in third or fourth. And he might, might go elsewhere. It we'll see. Well we shall see. Talking of transfers, Chuck, um, one has happened uh, where initially I thought it might actually even be a loan move. It turns out that it was a permanent move. Percy Dow has mm. departed from Brighton and Hove Albion and he has joined back up with the man who Benny McCarthy calls his father, Bizo Mismani <laughs> at al Ahli. Mm-hmm. On the topic of Benny and also... Two questions. First of all, is this a step back backwards in his career? Has he has he taken uh, a a step below in his career? Mm. And also, as 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 Benny alludes, saying that this sets a bad precedence, especially in the eyes of European teams, um, for future generations of South African players, that they just can't tough it out, and basically they are going to quit. Mm. And they and, and and as a result, some of those European teams might not even touch future South African generations because of that. To that, you say what? Um, start with question number two. In terms of toughing it out, I don't agree with Benny on on, on that point because when I looked at rather when news came that uh, Brighton signed Pusitao, I was excited. Hey, we're gonna see Pusitao in the in the Premier League. And then it turns out he's been loaned out somewhere in some second division, a Belgium, if I'm not mistaken, and that's where he's playing. And he's played there for a season, if not two, or a season and a half. And then from there, it's Club Bruges, and from there, it's Anderlecht. And finally, he comes home because they bring him back early from his loan spell to complete out the end of the lo- of, of last season, not of the season prior. And it didn't quite work out and get that much game time. And coming into this season as well, after having a, a very decent... Um, Preseason, still not getting any game time. In terms of toughing it out, Percy Dow has toughed it out because all of us want some. This is not Percy Dow's level. He shouldn't be playing Guma Second Division, Guma League, or some Belgium or whatever. But he stuck it out, and I think even that team were, were one of the, the the best performing teams of that league. Went to Bruges, played in Champions League, toughed it out there. I mean, if the idea or or the ambition is England, um, finally still in Europe then. Went to Anderlecht. So there's a lot of inconsistencies, a lot, a lot of move, moving moving parts, a lot of different names and different players, different backgrounds, scenarios, stadiums, teams. It's been a revolving wheel for Percy Dow at this club, now at this club in the next couple of months, this club in the next season. I think he has toughed it out. Um, but the question is, what, what were the options available to him? Because regardless of what, I mean, and this is my observation of Percy Dow last season, Nogoti, I don't know if he was not good enough, if that would be an accurate description of what was happening. But whenever I saw Percy Dow on the field in a Brighton shirt, him and his teammates were not on the same page. That's what I just picked up, that either Dow was making runs and they're not seeing him or they don't want to pass him the ball 
or he's not putting enough work in. I, I don't know. It just didn't seem like a proper fit for me. And obviously that is just down to a lack of time with the, with his teammates, a lack of coaching with what Graham Potter exactly needs from Percy Dow. And so the questions are, what were his options? It was either fighting out at Brighton or what? And so he goes to Al-Akhli, right? And that move is permanent. Is it a step down? Yes, it is, because the best football is in Europe. Like it or not, it's in Europe. Mm. Um, and the fact that he was there, um, even if he was not having the best of times, and even if he was not playing for a Chelsea or a United, he was in the Premier League. I mean, even if he was in the championship, he would still be in a very competitive space in Europe. Even when he was at Bruges, because even at Bruges, he was playing Champions League against Real Madrid. But at Al-Akhli, yeah, yes, you'll play Abouzamalek, you'll play Paris, you'll play Sundowns, you'll play Inyimba and whoever else is there, CS Faxin, but it's not those teams. And I mean, the, the the easiest, I mean, we only get to do this once every every year, but the easiest example that you'll find is in the Club World Cup. How far do African teams go? Not very far, Not because very far. it's Africa, you know? So in terms of, his, of, of, of career move, it is a step down, but I, I really do want to know, like, what were his options? Does does it help him play, stay on the bench at Brighton and we never get to see him? Like, what what would we have been happy with that? I mean, maybe because it's permanent that we can finally say he has to step down. But is is it is it more fulfilling to be at Brighton and not playing? Because we've seen a message from Maitland Niles that I just want to be at a team where I'm wanted and I want to play, and that's what Persita wants, and that's what Persita will get in Al Ahly. Yeah, it's a step down, but what were the options? the the fighting for your place conversation is, is tricky hmm. because you don't really know what, what, what messages players are getting. You know, you can stay to fight for your place and perhaps you've gotten a word from the manager that places are up for grabs. Hmm. Then you know that, okay, I need to bust my gut and I've got an opportunity here. Hmm. But if a manager has come to you and told you that you're not in his plans at all, then yeah. that's very different. You know, and sure, maybe you can try convince him. Otherwise, you can try change his mind. But that also is dependent on 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 your talent level. There is, they, we'd love to believe that it's not the case, but there are finite levels that people can go to. You mm-hmm. know, um, <laughs> Ben McCarthy points out that, in his opinion, that uh, Persitao is better than Mape. It's better than Welbeck, mm-hmm. and. So when he's from the outside looking in, he's, he's looking at that situation, he believes that Percy had a chance because in terms of how good the other guys he's competing against are, they're not that good. They're not better than him, you know? So he should believe that, which is what I'm also hearing Benny saying that Percy didn't quite believe in himself to be mm. able to get over those guys. But that's, for me, ultimately, we don't know the conversations that Percy had with um, Graham Potter. It never really sounded, uh, the little bits that we heard from Potter, it never really sounded that he he signed Percy Tao because he saw him as a difference maker in his team. We know that um, teams in Europe, uh, as, as one journalist pointed out, uh, that Percy may have been signed with the mindset that he may never even play for Brighton. We've seen how Chelsea operates. You sign a player and you loan him out and he gets to have those eyeballs all over Europe um, on him. And then if someone comes in with a good offer, you make a profit on him, Mm. you know? But that, for me, is why I believe he shouldn't then have gone to Al-Akhli. Like you, it is a step down. Like Al-Akhli are the best on the continent. They're best uh, historically on the African continent. 
But what he's gonna do in Egypt, he he the most is gonna do. He's gonna be successful in Egypt with Al Ahly first of all because they're a successful team. Mm. May win the the Premier League, which they just recently lost to Zamalek, so there will be a fight. They are the defending um, Champions League uh, champions, so there's that. But even if he wins the Champions League, he's already done that with Sundowns. Even mm. if he wins the league in Egypt, sure he hasn't done that specifically, but he's won a league title, league titles. For that matter, mm. Sundowns, you know, mm. Sundowns are 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 on par or close to that with Al Ahly. So, considering that he's a few seasons removed from being a Sundowns player, and has been in Europe, where in 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 his first season in the second tier of the Belgian league, he was he was voted the best player in mm. the league, you know, and which earned him that 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 step up into um, the clubs that you mentioned in in, in the Premier Division, and. I should believe that Percy Tau still had some clout in that league at least. Mm. It's not that league as, a, as as I've said to you before, like in a league like somewhere like in France or even in Scotland or even um, like in, 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 in Holland. And it's very, it's very, it's a teaching moment, um, I would say. Um, it's very revealing is what I want to say that Benny McCarthy is the person who's saying that he should not have left Europe because he says that there are eyes on him all over Europe. Mm-hmm. And I believe Benny is saying this from the point of view that we, you, you, you recall that Benny is a man who played in Holland, he played in Spain, he played in Portugal, and then he ended up in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. And when he was in the Premier League, at some point he was the second leading goal scorer in the Premier League for Blackburn. And then when that ended, he was at West Ham. That didn't quite work out as we know. And how that's why he ended up at Pirates. But Benny is someone who I would I would think he would cast himself as someone who stuck it out in 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 Europe. He's someone who, well, when it didn't work out here, he was then always available to go to another place. And I also then believe the part of the problem here, I believe per, the people who are advising Percy Tau, they did him dirty because I do believe there was a market for Percy Tau in Europe, but I believe that. Whoever is his representative, which um, I'm sorry, but I don't know, should have done a better job trying to move, trying to move him somewhere else in Europe. The one thing that I do disagree with in terms of Benny McCarthy's approach is the fact that he said some of the things that he said out loud, mm. because he says that this is something that is going to be said um, of South African players that Which they don't be. have strong willpower, that they don't have that determination. And he might just be the one painting that picture for people. We, 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 this is something that is spoken about all the time. From f- We've been watching football for 20 years. For, for that time, we've seen, we've heard South African players overseas and they're homesick, they want to come home, they can't stand the weather. Yeah, well, and, yeah. and, and this is something that, it, it's not new what Benny is saying. This is something that comes up in conversations that yeah, South Africans maybe, aren't, maybe don't have that willpower, maybe don't have um, uh, the character to stick it out in mm. tough conditions, you know. But it's one thing for any Tom, Dick and Harry to have that conversation on, on on corner of the street. For Benny McCarthy to say it, Benny McCarthy is a man who's got a direct line to Jose Mourinho. Mm. Like the things that he says do register in European circles, you know. So the one thing that I'm in disagreement about is I wish sure express the fact that it's a step down and you would have preferred to see him stay in Europe, but for you to say that this is what South Africans are like mm. when you know, as I'm saying, that your words and your comments will be seen over there 
then it's a oh this is what he's saying this mm-hmm. is what he thinks and this is he's warning us perhaps to that very fact i would have preferred that he he doesn't say those words quite like that so i want to raise a little point here um because you said benny uh, sorry Dow's advisors and and agents probably did him wrong with with the move and we know that in certain clubs, sometimes the manager picks the players for himself that I want this player, he's going to play in my system or he'll, he's well suited to play and he's got the talents for whatever team. And sometimes it is the people in the boardrooms who sign players and they give them to the manager. What do you think this is about Peter Mosimani in terms of his in terms of his role in this? Because he's a South African and he's a South African player abroad and he's the one bringing him back to Africa. And he is the one who signed him off to go to Europe. And somewhat, we could say, he let him spread his wings and fly and be the best you can be out there in Europe. And he's the same guy bringing him back to Africa. Do you think it's a business move? Or do you think Pizzo somehow feels that this might still benefit Uta? Because um, I said to you that Trezeguet, was say Aston Villa, came from Al-Akhli, which is true, but that was like a couple of seasons back. I do also believe that Al-Akhli, being as good as they are in the, in the Champions League, are still the, are still the best in terms of African teams uh, space for marketing a player, and if Tau does well in, at at, at, at Al Ahly, then there's still a chance. It's not Brighton, but there's still a chance. It's the best possible African destination to get your eyes upon you. Do you think Pizzo did Tau dirty? No, because Pizzo Misan Pizzo Musimani inquired if Percy Tau is available. And I think he's well within his rights as the coach of Al-Akhli to have the best interest of the club that he is coaching and that he's serving to bring in the best players available to him, whatever market that Al-Akhli are in. And so he went asking about the availability of Percy Dow, had a conversation with his board that these are the financials involved. Is this something that is possible? Can we bring one of Africa's better talents to our team and from all concerned that was a goal Mm. so there was a deal to be made and he made it and i cannot fault him on that um that is that is that is business 101 you know that is serving your bottom line and he has a responsibility to al akhli way more than he has um at this point in his life to the development of south african football um and necessarily south african players he's not a He's a South African coach because of where he was born, but he's not a South African. He's not the coach of Bafana Bafana. He's not mm. the head of the development of South African talent. Um, he's not coaching Sundowns anymore, as we know. His employers pay him to make Al Ahly as best as they can be. And what has happened this season with Al Ahly? They've lost the league to Zamalek, and uh, fairly or unfairly, they are a team Al Ahly that is who are looked to by their fans, by the media at large, to be winning the league every single season. So if you've lost the league to your rivals, of course, then you are when you are doing a post-mortem, you will ask the question, what do we need to go better than we did to be better than our rivals? What do we need to go and win back this title? And in those conversations, if one of the the pulling points was we need Percy Dow or someone like Percy Dow and you find, oh, actual Percy Dow is available, then you go get him, yeah. you know, because as I say, you are trying to serve your own bottom line and that's what that's 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 what he did. 
Okay. So no faulting Pito um, for me. And as you say, maybe there is an opportunity that someone watches Cesar Akhli because uh, they are going to be at the Club World Cup um, mm. as well again. And they they, they recognize uh, Percy. Uh, perhaps it's a blow though to our, to our football track that Percy Tao went there quite, not not late because he went there and he spent some time in Belgium. By the time he he, he got to to Brighton, he was almost twenty seven, mm. you know. And now he's at Al Ahly. How long is he going to stay there? If he's there two seasons, he's almost thirty. Like how that window is is tiny if it still exists. It is a blow because we also just saw Dolly came back recently after spending it, many years it in, might just in be, Europe. It might just be the factors that helped him decide to come back. That well, I, I, I've I've been here for a couple of years. I, I don't know if I'm moving forward. Because another thing that I was thinking about while you were talking is, as much as Tao coming back as a blow and Dolly coming back as a blow, how good are South African players? I mean, I know Bafana Bafana is not the perfect picture or the perfect advert for South African talent because not everyone who is the best always gets into the Bafana squad. But can we say that Percy Tao can open doors for us? Do we do we have players to be open doors for? Or will it just be Percy Tao and then it'll be quiet again? Because it was Benny McCarthy for a long time mm. and not much followed afterwards. Because when we hear of Omukocho and Omei Mahlangu and all these other players, they're players who grew up there or went there quite early and they hadn't even made a name for themselves in the PSL or within the African circuit. So should should, should this be a major disappointment because we missed out on a chance because we can capitalize on it? Or is it just us just really looking at the Percy Tao situation and just us being sad about Percy Tao? Because, I mean, how many other people are going to join him there? I think it's both. Because when you hear that he's going overseas, um, one of the things, for example, you start thinking back to how Deco was blocked from going overseas. You know, it's Lion like Duke. one of our bright, brighter talents didn't make it to Europe. And then you find the next guy up, I would say, to take over that like baton of an exciting talent in, in South African soil. He actually has an opportunity and then he goes and you are you're wishing the best for him mm. like to begin with but you are also looking at the fact that you have the opportunity to open doors because that that is a fact. Like when when you when you go to foreign shores you are tanungatand uh, like the face of where you come from and they are judging an entire people on the basis of how you perform. That whole thing, you need to work twice as hard to get half as much. So that you are you are laying the groundwork for, well, we've seen him, we've seen his talent, we've evaluated his talent, we've seen how he works. And if they are judging everyone else on that basis, then it makes it easier um, to look to the PSL for, for other players. I mean, it's very similar to the breakdown of the relationship between IX Amsterdam and IX Cape Town, mm. where ultimately IX pulled out from that project because they said the assembly line was just not bringing across any talent. It was just not working out, not fruitful, you know? Mm. And also on the basis that um, South African players who've been at at, 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 at IX, uh, I mean, I think Steven Pina might have been the most successful. Benny was there, but... He didn't set the world on fire, you know. Um, Cream was there as well and didn't quite work out as all of us had hoped. I had a few good seasons, but you're right, yeah. Yeah, um, didn't kick on to mm. to bigger things, you know. So 
you 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 are concerned for that that ah oh, man this this is this is then a something that's going to be uh, stigmatized upon the south african players so it's that all around hmm. interesting um yeah let's <laughs> let's wrap up this whole transfer business and go to youtube <laughs> um, MTV. So it, it turns out Jay, Jake Paul won his boxing match against Tyron Woodley, who is still active in the MMA community. I think he was released by the UFC, if I'm not mistaken, but still active. It's not like Ben Askren, who was retired and wasn't much of a fighter. But people are like, were, were on some, this is different. It's a different kettle of fish. Tyron Woodley's got power and dynamite in his hands. He's been knocking out people. Jay Paul will be next. And this is our real representative of MMA. Not those other guys. This is the guy who's going to carry the candle for us. And then he gets beat. The question is, Jay, because we we all look at this as fun and games, as a gimmick, as some white guy running his mouth, challenging bums so he can beat them up. Now he, he took on someone who is credible and he actually beat him. Is this whole Logan Paul, Jake Paul thing credible, Jay? Sh- should we be actually paying more attention to it. So I'll ask you what you mean by credible when you when I throw it back to you. Or rather, what do you mean by credible? Like, do I see one of them, both of them, eventually becoming a boxing world champion, perhaps, or challenging for for that? I think, yeah. I think, well, not, not world champion. Rather, let, let, me, let me rephrase and say this. So it, it was gimmicky because they came out of the blue. And yeah. they're like, well, you guys are fighting bums and you're fighting nobody. So... Anybody with half the talent or a quarter of the talent of a decent boxer would beat whoever you're beating now. Now that they've beat the name that they have beaten, and Logan has been in the room with Mayweather and survived, basically, against arguably the greatest boxer of this generation. Can we still say it's fun and games, or can we say that these guys actually have proper boxing talent and they need to be actually feared in some respect and they should be taken as real boxers? Mayweather wasn't trying to hurt that boy. He was putting on the show. So there's that. So yeah. I'll go with Jake because Jake is the better of the two brothers in terms of uh, boxing. Hmm. And also because Jake has stated that in three years' time, he wants to become a world champion. He he wants Canelo. Oh, too far. He, yeah. needs, he needs to stay away from Canelo, <laughs> right, to begin with. Yeah. But he stated that, Chuck. Mm. And... That is, by his own words, legitimacy, right? Mm. So if I'm going off of that, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not ready to look at him as a credible boxer because, in the fight against, to begin with, there was the fight against Nate Robinson where he put him down, yeah. and that was a bad idea. Nate, Nate Robinson could have even died because uh, he's he's not a boxer. He doesn't have any sort of background in boxing, right? Yeah. Whereas. Jake, uh, Jake has been has has been fighting. He's been sparring, and he's been sparring with 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 some really good guys. Mm-hmm. He knows his way around the 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 ring. But then with Woodley, even with Woodley, right? Yeah. Woodley is someone who's got a wrestling background, so mm-hmm. he's not he's not a he's he's not a boxer like in his background. But comes into MMA, and then we discover that he actually is a striker. You know yeah. he can he can actually lay some guys out. He's he's done that before. He had some lightning in 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 his hands, but he is also not in his prime, Chuck. So thirty nine, going on what, forty. What needs to happen 
right, to begin with. Jake needs to fight a striker who's in his prime. Not necessarily a boxer, a striker who's in his prime. Mm. And then he needs to fight a striker who's his own size. And then he needs to win all these matches, by the way. And then if he wins that, he needs then to fight a a, 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 a boxer who may, be, may may also also be beyond the hills. And then same same routine. He needs to mm. fight someone who is who is who is in his prime, someone who is his size, and then a boxer who's a striker ultimately who is in his size before you can then look at him and say that you are ready to get into a ring with someone who's been fighting since they were a child because you know, Chuck, it's a very different thing for someone to have come up in 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 in, in the pugilant sport itself yeah. as a boxer. Because those guys have muscle memory. If you if you and I were to come across a boxer in the street, mm. if you tried to throw a punch at that guy, you're gonna see a reaction from him that you would not experience if you you just like were fighting any anyone in the street. Because if you were fighting anyone, they're gonna wanna throw hands, you know. Mm. And even if you can fight, Chuck, you can throw a punch. You are going to see by this guy's movement that this is this is something totally different. And if Jake gets into the ring with one of those guys, mm. he's gonna notice very quickly that these are not the guys of fought. And for me, it, it it takes a long time to get to a point where you you can be genuinely considered a a, a boxer on on that caliber. So I don't know. That's where he's going. Yeah. We will we will see as as time goes by. I'm 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 willing to reevaluate what I'm saying at the moment. I still don't look at him as 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 legit. He's he he can legit fight, right? Mm. Um, as I'm saying, if I went into the ring with him, he'd beat me up senseless. And guys like Woodley, that's that's nothing to to sniff at, you know. There's nothing to sniff at. It's nothing <laughs> yeah. to sniff at. Let me say that. Yeah. But that in in terms of the question that we are asking and how we're framing it, um, yeah. that that's not to say that he's even three years away from a Canelo fight. Mm. So that's 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 where I stand on that. I'm surprised that if in three years' time he fights Canelo because this guy is just taking names and not not on the credibility of boxing but on the draw of the pay-per-view returns and the interest of of, of selling the fight. Um, and I think that's 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 the difference um, in terms of Jake Paul and whoever Marega and whoever Bungu is that they've got the platform and they've got the money. Mm. And whoever it is that they that they pick, whether they're retired or whether they're they don't really possess the skills. The fact that they 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 make the fight enticing and they 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 sell the fight and they're making money off it, I think they've skipped a, a whole lot more steps than people who are who are fighting for a living. Yeah. Um. And I mean, if you're a boxer and you're you've been doing it for eight years, so you start at the age of sixteen, you're twenty four. There's no way you find Tyron Woodley and you convince him to fight you. No ways. You no know what I mean? And you don't get that platform at all. No one's even looking to 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 watch your fights. So I think based on that, in terms of money and, and eyes, they're doing a good job because they're targeting people like um, McGregor next. And we know McGregor's always up for a show, regardless of what it is, how it's going to go. As long as you pay him, he'll probably show up. Um, but yeah, that's also not boxing as well. But I would agree with you, Jay, in terms of you can't fight, but he's not a boxer. Um, I mean, you, you even saw writings when you look at Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. Yeah. Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder is a boxer. But technically, he's not there. And so when you fight someone like Tyson Fury, he gets found out. Yeah. All the other guys are the lesser skill because he's a boxer. He can match. And obviously, because of the dynamite in his hands, he'll lay them out. So if Jake Paul, because Jake Paul was gassed, 
And here's the thing about Tyron Woodley as well, and this is why he got he got his UFC contract cut. He's lost his last four fights. And in the manner in which he's lost them, it's been very weird to to witness because Tyron Woodley was a middleweight champion, not middleweight, sorry, welterweight champion. And when he, he beat Robbie Lawler, knocked him out, um, beat Wonderboy Thompson, Darren Till, I think knocked one of those one of those guys out. But when it came to defending his title against Kamaru Usman, Usman dominated him. And since then, I think Usman shook him. Since then, you've never seen an aggressive Tyron Woodley. He would give one and wait, wait and wait and wait for a moment. He'd never push the pace of the fight. He'd get beat up, hang in there, but never really fight. And so he's lost four consecutive fights, one against Covington, which he should lose. The rest of the fights that he should have been winning. And he's been, for some reason, afraid to, afraid to pull the trigger. So maybe there was something wrong with Woodley if we're trying to give him an excuse. I don't know because... He's been running his mouth as well, saying that I'm going to knock you out. He's just spit my mama. He did this, did that. After all the huffing and puffing, there was none of it. So, And he's keen for a rematch, even if it means getting a tattoo. That's yeah. I think I love, I love and Paul. You know what? After having seen, this is the fifth fight that I've seen of Woodley, even in the rematch, he'll probably do the same thing. At least something's, something's gone awry with that man in terms of, and, and his ability to knock the person out. So, yeah, if I, I don't want to see the rematch. Yeah, it's, it's boxing at a very low level. It's just the yeah. enticement of, of of the names, basically. It's a great. It's a show. There's yeah, a lot a of hype around it. It's not. It's not anywhere close to the caliber of pay per view fights, um, no, not at all. where people are in the ring. As you, as we say, um, they've prepared for many years. They've got an amateur background. Guys fight like a hundred fights, like in their amateur background. You don't. You don't just. You very well could be like it's a one in a million chance, but you could very well be a prodigy. Uh, mm. But even if you're a prodigy, like you, you, they still also have background. Like people like Canelo were prodigies. People like Mayweather. You know, mm. at a very young age, you you knew that this guy is going to end up a world champion. But they didn't just arrive on the scene and were world champions. They fought, literally fought their way to get there. The Logan brothers have to do the same thing. But as I'm saying, they are man. They're starting so so many years later. So at the point where you get into the ring with someone, because it's not thought about very often, but like boxing is a very cerebral sport. You are, it's True. like the guys who are, who, who box El Toy, it's like chess. You are the entire time actively thinking about your opponent and your next move. And this is why guys who are, guys like you, who are really into boxing, they appreciate someone like Mayweather. You know, you might watch the the match as, as, as a an average um, watch all of the sports like man that's boring yeah. but if you actually know what you're looking for you realize that that's brilliant that's that's genius that is happening in that ring right there because you want you think boxing you think fighting you're yeah. thinking you think guys just throwing like haymakers like you see as I'm saying um, on a drunk night out when someone yeah. steps on another person's toes <laughs> that's not what that is you yeah. know and that is what um, the Logan brothers would come across if they were to go into the ring with any of those kind of guys. And they'd be found out. They'd mm-hmm. be found out very quickly. And they're smart enough to know that you don't just go to one of those guys, uh, which is part of the reason why I kind of think there's the avoidance of Tommy Fury um, yeah. because he's, he's I mean, he's from a pedigree of, 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 of boxers. We, mm. Tyson is his brother for crying out loud. So, yeah, I they, they're going to milk this until... Wherever wherever this train stops, actually. Yeah, and I mean, I think if they were legit boxers, they'd probably join the Boxing Federation and get ranked and fight people yeah, and not they, handpick. 
<laughs> the next opponent. So I think that says a lot about that. All right, Let's Chuck. Let's get into the gambling. Before we wrap up, uh, well, man, it's it's the international break. But still, um, on that, we will give you our, our picks for the weekend of the 4th, uh, the 3rd, the 4th, and the 5th of September. Um, spring for us down here in the Southern Hemisphere is coming around. I'll go first with my picks. Um, I have in the game between Cyprus and Russia, I've got a straight win for Russia. In the game uh, between Tunisia and Equatorial Guinea, I've got Tunisia and under four and a half goals. And then in the game between Denmark and Faroe Islands, Denmark off of the showing that we saw in Europe um, and in the Euros rather, and how just attacking they were uh, in, in that whole entire tournament. I've got them against Faroe Islands scoring in both halves. And then I've got Nigeria um, versus Liberia. Nigeria, the home team, and I've got the home team scoring over 1.5 goals, so two or more goals. And then finally, I have Ireland playing Azerbaijan, the Republic of Ireland, that is. And I've got the Republic of Ireland and under four and a half goals because I don't think Azerbaijan are that strong of a team, but they have not actually considered many goals in the internationals they've played recently. So those are my picks. All right, cool. Here's my international pick. I'm going to do Argentina twice. Um, Argentina versus Venezuela. Now, Venezuela have, one, proven to be formidable sometimes, and sometimes they get a walloping. But, I don't know, I trust Messi and his boys to score over two and a half goals in their victory over Venezuela. And then we get into Brazil against Argentina, where I think the opposite is true of Argentina this time, that they'll be on the losing end. And Brazil by over one and a half goals. So, I think they'll score two goals or more. And then we go to South Africa versus Zimbabwe. I'm going for a goalless draw. This will be a dull affair because it happens sometimes with Bafana. It happens. Wow, you are you are like the believer of Bafana in this show. But okay. you think they're gonna get beaten, and you think they're gonna concede? I thought you were gonna say they're gonna win. No, goalless draw. Goalless draw, it is. Then. Yeah, they might win their. Pre- they might surprise us against Ghana, but I know South Africa. They're up and down. But Zimbabwe goalless draw. We had too many close encounters with Zimbabwe when we think we should beat them, and it doesn't quite happen. And then Gabon versus Egypt. I'm going for Egypt straight win. And then a little bit of cricket. Um, Sri Lanka versus Proteus, the first ODI. I think Sri Lanka will take and win that one. And those are my five picks for your money. Cool. Unfortunately, we didn't actually get to touch on this in the previous episode, but you got all of your picks correct, right? Man, in yeah. the previous time we, we picked, uh, if you did play the, the picks that Chuck gave you, you would have actually won some cash money. Anyway, guys, thank you for joining us on this episode of Tour Upfront. Um, you can find us on the socials on Twitter. We are at uh, Tour Upfront Pod, and you can find me at Janice Gomzulu. You can find Chuck at at Chuck Two Up. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, hit us up on those uh, on those social media. Let us know what you think of the Ronaldo transfer. Hit us up when he finally wears the red shirt and plays his first game. What do you think of Pochettino moving all the way to Egypt? And hit us up again when he finally plays his first game. And Mbappe, do you think it's a good idea for him to stay or do you want to see him in a different colored shirt? This is Chuck and I'm out.